this is John Scardini with the Disaster Tough Podcast. And Zach from EM Weekly. <laughs> we are so excited to talk to you about 2023. As tradition, what we do is at the end of the year, we like to do a wrap-up. This year was so incredible for so many different reasons. You know, we've been on this pitch for a long time about innovating the, the world of emergency management, being on the tip of the spear. We try to do the next level stuff. We talk about next level all the time. And so this episode, in kind of a funny way, you know, in times past, we talked about all the disasters that are, that have happened over the 2023 or 2022 or whatever it is. And if we miss like one event, the world blows up. How did you forget that one event? At the same time, it's kind of negative. So we thought, hey, if we always talk about this, we need to put our money where our mouth is and actually talk about some of the innovative stuff. And so while this really is about the things that we've been doing internally as a group, it's a way to show you that you can do it. We're a small company. We we don't have endless resources. Or they're limited. Our time is limited. We get exhausted like everybody else. And yet we're trying to do good things for the field. And so hopefully this inspires you. We would also love to see in the comments of our social media, especially on the readiness lab, what you've been doing to take things to the next level, how you've been trying to innovate things. And so again, on the audio or the video, you might be hearing about what we're doing on the comments. We would love to be hearing what, what you're doing. So I'm going to provide like the kind of the first little part of this, because again, we've done a lot of different things and Zach and I put it together before uh, we started talking. And then he and I are just going to like bounce back and forth. And so just starting off with 2023, that innovative stuff, the cool stuff that we're trying to do, we are invited for the first time right at the beginning of the year to go to the Florida Hazmat Symposium. No idea what we were expecting. We had two former students. So big shout out to Sai and Michelle who invited me to go. And all of a sudden, I met all these super incredible people, including Chief Jonathan Lamb, who was on my podcast a year ago talking about what they're doing for the Florida Hazmat Symposium. There's several hundred people who go out there. It's happening again in January of 2024. And just so happens that I happen to be the keynote speaker at that event. So really exciting way to start off the year and uh, to push it. But not just me. We've had so many different conferences that we've been to. Zach has been presenting. We've had other people present like uh, Prescott or Jake. And so I want to hand it over to uh, Zach to talk about some of the events that he was at and um, what he his kind of the angle was that he was trying to push. Yeah, I think uh, this year I really uh, have been trying to lean into how can I have an impact on public safety, you know, emergency management specifically, but we've kind of like broadened our target to, to try to reach different, uh, you know, professions and disciplines within the all-encompassing public safety. And so... Uh, I presented at the National USAR Conference, which I'm sure you'll probably talk about as well, in Orlando, which was super fun. I presented at the Vermont Preparedness Conference. So it, uh, uh, first I'll go with the USAR Conference because that's one of the more recent ones. We, we did talk about this not so too long ago, so I don't need to go super in depth, but uh, I presented on our, using uh, AI uh, in USAR and in disaster response. It was, it was really, really fun. Um, and for those of you who I, I was a firefighter before anyone who's been a firefighter knows that like talking to tech about technology to firefighters sometimes can be tough it's a very secular profession they want to stay uh you know firefighting stuff and and really just make sure fundamentals are really important so sometimes when there's like sort of things that feel really i guess new and scary they're can sometimes be a hesitancy to accept it. It takes a long time. I guess it's not even that. It's like trust, right? Because firefighters, when they screw up, like 
get hurt and when stuff mm -hmm. breaks hey, they get hurt so there's a there's a life safety thing so trying to present something that is like you know still developing still new uh mm -hmm. to a bunch of firefighters i was just like man i wonder how they're going to receive this you know not saying firefighters aren't innovative uh literally the some of the most innovative things i've ever seen have happened in a firehouse uh usually involving a welder some duct tape and bubble gum uh, but they can fix any problem and so it was just a, it was it was an interesting uh opportunity to see if the ai presentation has legs and yeah. so we did the presentation and uh it was crazy how a there was a lot more people there than i was anticipating it was a huge ballroom uh and we ended up uh you know, getting, I don't know, it was like half the ballroom was filled, something like that. But yeah, you were the number was, one presenter. Yeah, um, and everyone was, yeah. was like interacting. They were involved in the conversation. People were mm. excited. And I was like, man, all right, this AI thing is a lot bigger than I think people are prepared for. It was really, really fun. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. If you served in the military, you've probably worn Proper Apparel. Proper Apparel is now reaching out to first responders and those who love the outdoors. Check out Proper Apparel from the outdoors to the EOC, wear proper. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The two fun moments for me at the USAR conference when you're talking, uh, one, I was shocked how many people were in the room. It was the most attended uh, presentation, which is pretty cool to see. Like, there's a lot of people thinking about this. Like, what is AI, what can AI do for fire or for anybody else really in yeah. public safety? You presented it very well. Uh, the but the two parts that were most fun for me was um i'll start with the second one first funny enough we're all sitting there at lunch we have oh, proper yeah. there we have l3 harris representatives there uh you know prescott and i we're all sitting at this table having a good time for lunch and there were so many people coming up to you you didn't get lunch and you just kept on staying at the front and that was like really exciting it was exciting to see like one you like you knocked it out of the park and i'm obviously biased because i work with you but at the same time, it really is innovative stuff. But the the evidence is when all so many firefighters are coming up to you afterwards and just like it was like in waves. So there'd be like four or five people, five or six people, and then all of a sudden another four or five and another four or five, and they kept on coming up to you. And I was like, okay, well, like we're on to something here. Like that was really special. Yeah, the, and uh, I think oops, sorry, go ahead. I no, was gonna please. say I was just gonna say like uh the thing that was reassuring is just that, you know, I, as I've sort of had an opportunity to present it to other disciplines, uh, there are people who have been like waiting, right? Like they need the mm. evangelists uh, to sort of like get out there and get the message out so that then they can be comfortable by going to their chiefs, you know, or leadership and being like, hey, we should be using this. So yeah, mm. and getting to hear how they're using it, which was the other thing. It wasn't just like me, you know, talking to them. Like it was also me getting to hear like some of the cool ways that they're already attempting to yeah. to use it in different ways. But no, I mean you're exactly right. I wonder how many of those people went in and said, "Hey, chief, how about you just join me on this conversation? What is it about? Oh, don't worry, just just listen." Yeah. Like, hey, look, like this is like a normal thing. We should do this. Yeah. And yet, uh, it was popular. My other fun moment with your presentation, where we had Prescott come out to our first event with us. Well, technically second, but first conference. 
And I convinced him while you were presenting to go up there on the stage and try to take pictures of you. And then after he sat down, I made him do it twice. And then after he sat down, I was like, you know, you could just take still images of him with the banner in the background while he's not presenting. Right. And uh, that was a pretty fun moment. Like it, we just had like a hype time. Like it yeah. was a good time at this conference, the national USAR conference uh, run by a, a big shout out to Walt Lewis, Chief yeah. Walt Lewis, Joe Hernandez. Um, I'll be in all those guys. It was a fun, it was um, a fun conference. Yeah, it was a fun conference. They do a really great job with pulling in different perspectives. And quite frankly, as a bunch of USAR people and fire and EMS, the fact that they're inviting emergency managers into those conversations for people who are incredibly experienced and have that trust thing, recognizing that EM can do something for them, we should all pay attention to that. We should all say, okay, like, are we doing as emergency managers, are we doing enough to support fire and USAR? How can we be more innovative in that space? And the mere fact that they go to a presentation about AI for EM for USAR, that shows you that they also want to be cutting edge. And they're they're kind of looking for sources to do that, to evangelize from trusted sources. Like you've been a firefighter. That's the difference. I, you know, when we go out to conferences, I'm going to like pat ourselves on the bat a little bit, but um, it is it is obvious when somebody hasn't done the job. And I'm not trying to knock academics. I actually believe in academics. I believe in research. Um, But when you're talking about use cases, you want to have somebody who's actually done it. And um, I I think that's something innovative that we should do in our field to get more people who've done the job to suggest innovation. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think like going to conferences that are sort of outside of our comfort zone uh is also really important you know like otherwise we're just basically building these silos of like you know we're it's an echo chamber if everyone is that the conference is an emergency manager you're probably talking about primarily emergency management stuff and absorbing primarily emergency management stuff so being at the usar conference and getting to like see some like really unique um you know presentations and vendors that we wouldn't have otherwise got to you know see there was like this really funny moment where prescott was getting this like bandage attached to his hand (laughs) and stuff and it's just like oh yeah they have all sorts like crazy stuff here but yeah Yeah. that one was really fun that was obviously it was orlando so orlando's just nice to be at you know anytime Mm -hmm. uh i did the uh northeast uh education in exercise and training exercise and training officers association uh Mm -hmm. shout out to julie benedict i was actually in florida presenting remotely while they were uh that was our first snowfall of the year it was freezing cold there's a ton of car accidents and power outages uh so these folks are in waterbury vermont i think i I think i'm pretty sure it was in waterbury and you know they're they're freezing in the northeast and i'm like down i literally was going to do the presentation with a palm tree behind me but i was like (laughs) they'll murder me when i get back but again it's a organization of like high like these are the state training officers and exercise Mm -hmm. officers so they are HC to the core. Like they're, they're just so smart on exercises and they're like, they told me basically skip through the presentation. We want to see the demo. And I was like, awesome. And mm-hmm. so I go to the demo and I'm like, kind of like testing stuff out, showing them how, you know, I, I, I run through building an exercise within this, or at least like the different components of an exercise. And they're like, okay, that's cool. That's amateur hour. Like we want to see, like, we're, we know how to do that stuff. Like we we're talking big time stuff. And I was like, all right, this, now we're completely off the script. Like we are just going for it. And so I'm like going live and they're just trying, they're peppering me with questions and trying to push this to the limit. And it kept working. And I was like, 
You know, like this is the thing. So I'm, I'm not yeah. certainly advocating AI should not replace a training and exercise officer, but I know how long it takes to build a good exercise. I've, I've been a part of planning teams for like statewide exercises, all of this stuff. I mean, it takes months and months and months. And these folks mm. don't want to do one exercise a year, right? They want to do tons of them. So how yeah. do they, how can they do that? They're not getting more staff. Like we know that from anyone that's worked in public uh, sector emergency management, probably yeah. not getting more budget and contracts. So they have to figure out like, how do I augment myself in those like, you know, in between stuff, right? Like I've got my budget for the big exercises. I've got my contractors to help out with supporting all this stuff, but like, I want to do a bunch of lead up exercises and, and that often gets missed because there isn't that opportunity to spend time on that. So just getting to show them like, Hey, this is, this makes you better at your job, I think was really cool. So that was fun. And then my last one was the Vermont preparedness conference, which that's my hometown conference. Mm. I love it. It's, I get to go see all my friends. Uh, you know, it's like summer camp. We all come together, talk about, you know, everything that's changed in the year. This year I presented on marketing. And the reason I thought about marketing is Vermont, like most states, uh, is having a volunteer crisis. And in Vermont, we're a rural state uh, with a pretty low population. Our volunteers are our, our first responders and emergency managers. Every Like we have only a handful of like full-time departments. Mm. And so I'm like, I've been banging my head against the wall. Like, I don't understand like why we haven't figured this out. Like the reason, a, lot, a huge reason we don't have volunteers is because people don't know. They don't know what, what first responders do, uh, the, the, the way that we tell people to join is like the scariest thing on earth, right? Like most people are window shopping online. They want to know who they're going to be meeting with, what there's, what to expect. They don't want to just walk into a, a building full of, you know, big people with saws and firefighting yeah. gear and stuff. So I kind of went through like, here's how you can make your agency look good and look inviting and get people excited about this again yeah. full room like it was at capacity i was so happy with the outcome there was a couple people um uh that attended who are graphic designers and filmmakers and uh so i was like oh god these guys are gonna hold me to the uh, uh shout out to sandy uh who has a very keen eye he noticed uh, one of my the kerning on one of my slides was off and he made sure he said that was the only thing i saw uh but uh the the presentation just went so well and again it was just one of those things where like people are dying for new ideas right like i've attended so many conferences and i've left just being like what are we doing like are yeah. we just going to repeat this stuff over so and over and over and not actually fix anything um and so when i get a chance to like talk about something like off the wall uh, i can't wait i'm presenting in the spring for um the iem's virtual conference and that one's going to be basically stop taking yourself so seriously like Mm. emergency management's fun so how do you inject humor and comedy and like you know these presentation styles that are fun into your uh emergency management so by the way i got uh i think almost all i think it was out of five i think i all my ratings were five and i had like 20 responses which no one writes back to these things right so yeah really really exciting people felt charged up um you know, it's again, it's not patting myself on the back. I, it could have been a terrible presentation. It doesn't matter. It's stuff that like people are dying to see. So I think yeah. all of us who have opportunities for this should be thinking outside the box and trying to, and, and us, attend things that are like unorthodox for our field. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm, I can piggyback off of that. Um, you know, as an organization, uh, well, actually, as you're talking about uh, before I get into all that, 
uh, not take yourself so seriously. There has been a shift in social media emergency management this year. And uh, I don't know if we have something to do with it or, or it's a generational thing. I'm kind of hoping it's a mix of both. Um, and the reality is like Oklahoma, I think it's Oklahoma emergency management and Yavapai, if I, if I, if I pronounce that right, emergency management. If you look at their social media, they're starting to use like jokes and humor. Like they use like Rudolph, uh, in one of the recent posts on Oklahoma's, uh, emergency management. Yavapai is phenomenal. Uh, I, I don't know her name, but uh, there's a woman who leads it and she writes a hilarious, like really simple post to get people to pay attention to their emergency management stuff, whether it's mass notifications or, um, you know, they just got Genesis there. Like I look at those posts and I actually like their posts. I yeah. want to see it. Yeah. And I don't live in either lo locations. And yet I'm starting to pay attention because yeah. they're like, Hey, you know, if we do like the all caps email, you know, you must do this. You must, nobody likes that. Like nobody, nobody likes that. Uh, why are we doing that? And so it's cool to see that that marketing approach you're talking about. For those who follow my podcast, they know that I teach communications as an adjunct professor. We talk a lot about marketing. Like the the purpose of communications is to sell. Yeah. In emergency management, and it could be an selling, idea. It doesn't have to be a product. Yeah, exactly. What you're selling is safety. What you're yeah. saying is selling is making smart decisions. And it, you know, if people, the visual cue, if people don't want to. Uh, look at it. It doesn't matter. If people can't read it, they're not going to read it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how important you think the message is, like the way you communicate that is so huge. So yeah. amazing that you did that. I know for a fact, and you didn't call this out, but I know for a fact, other people have asked you to provide that same marketing presentation. And that just shows like people are dying for it. The readiness lab is a marketing arm of our company. We do marketing for sponsors. We do marketing for other people. And it's fun to not just like hold that within house, but to like tell other people, this is how we're doing it. You can do it too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the part of the pitch was, you know, not making it uh, something that couldn't be approachable for the average person. I showed him like, here's the free stuff you can use, you know, yeah. taught him Canva, Adobe Express, you know, it's, it's very low cost. The, the, like, but you nailed it is like the whole point of like, I mean, like, I, I think I've probably talked about this on every podcast I've, I've done, I've mentioned a degree of it, but like as emergency managers, like I, I, I don't care what your degree is. I don't care what your training is. I want to know, are you entrepreneurial, right? Like, are you thrifty? Can you figure out how to make a lot of stuff happen with very little resources? That's just the reality of our field. Like you're in a disaster, you're going to be resource scarce. That's huge. Uh, can you bring a group of strangers together and get them to work together in some cohesive manner, at least facilitate it, you know, even if they don't like each other, you're, yeah. you're making sure the plates are all spinning. But most importantly, we're communicators. Like that is the most important thing we do. I cannot foot stomp this enough. Your mass notification system, you're, you're like, you have this golden God voice you can send out to everyone in your community, whether they want it or not, hmm. that saves lives. And if you don't know how to communicate and how to get messages across, whether it's through mass notification, whether it's through preparedness and readiness stuff ahead of time, whether it's, you know, just for exercises and training, you know, people are sitting there looking at the slideshow, like, what are you talking about? Um, your ability yeah. to communicate is everything, everything. Yeah. So yeah, it was really, really fun. I think it resonated. I love presenting. It's one of my favorite things to do, especially mm -hmm. be, when it's a conference and I don't have to do anything for it. Show up, <laughs> get on stage, 
drop the mic and then I get to hang out and like attend a bunch of cool uh, other presentations and, and see who else, you know, is doing fun stuff out there. You know, and it's okay to mix up the water. If, like if you if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, I want to present, but it's like not what we're normally doing in the field, take it exactly what Zach is doing. You know, talking about AI at a USAR conference, guess what? It was popular. Talking about marketing at a preparedness conference, guess what? It was popular. I presented, um, I was the keynote at, I, I don't know the official name because it was kind of a collaboration event um, for the future or for a future exercise, but they had uh, two sessions. It was so big that they had to break it out into two sessions, uh, 300 people at a time, military and then first responders, almost no emergency managers in the room. And they wanted me to present about long-term power outages in disaster. And so I first did it to the military perspective, and then I changed it to match for the first responder perspective. And it was incredible to see like all these people coming up afterwards. And even we did a Q&A at the end of it. Everybody's asking questions like, okay, what can EM do for military? What can EM do for uh, first responders? Like specifically, when you have the National Guard there, and it was run by the National Guard this event, like a National Guard has so many phenomenal resources and training, even though the Air Force is the one that does emergency management, they still do so many of those components and they work really closely with emergency managers. And yet they had so many questions that I was like, man, just like emergency managers in their local communities, wherever that that uh, unit might be at, they could be answering a lot of these questions through better integration. So there's so many people who want to work with us. Um, like the the... The old idea that uh, we should keep operating in silo or maybe like that stigma of like, oh, like the fire police don't want to work with us. Military doesn't want to work with us. Guess what they do? Yeah. They're asking those questions and they want to hear from us. Um, the other big uh, conference that was a first time for me going, I got the personal invite from the director of Department of Homeland Security uh, uh, Safety Act, Latasha Thompson, she said, hey, come out to the sports security conference. It's a security conference for security personnel and law enforcement. And she asked me to go. Well, you fast forward and just sitting there in their presentations, I'm like, oh, there's they're hitting on a lot of emergency management principles about coordination, collaboration, planning, uh, mitigation, all this stuff. And not even mitigating like the actual threat, but by security, by design and all these other things. And I started having all these conversations with security directors, uh, one because of DHS, but it was typically outside my wheelhouse. I'm not a security guy, but I understand what emergency management can do for security. And lo and behold, we're coming back next year uh, presenting about what EM can do for uh, sports security. Um, another big one, uh, you mentioned USAR. Uh, we, you and I and, and Prescott got to be on a panel talking specifically EM for fire and USAR and really that transition um, how to how to move over to this field. I've always been an emergency manager by trade. I know what it's like when I see somebody who comes over and they don't have the skills. I have degrees in emergency management. I believe in degrees, right? At the same time, I also uh, believe in volunteer experience and getting out in the field and what that can do for them. Um, and some of these other events that we that we were at, we typically, and this is again for you in the field. If you get an invite or you hear about a topic that's outside of your wheelhouse, like uh, Zach was foot stomping, I'm going to foot stomp it as well. Go to those events. You can always go to the EM conferences. And while that's great for like meeting up with other people and it's a lot of fun, and maybe there are some good ideas there, I bet you'll walk away from 
you know, and, and people who listen to my podcast know this, going to watch a medical special operations training and watching them in a rubble pile did more for me in understanding how EM can support than anything else. Cause I'd never seen it up close. Right. And so like those kind of things, uh, moving on from conferences, the, obviously the readiness lab did a lot of things this year, and we're going to do a lot of shout outs here to, to different people and organizations who are also tip of the spear, um, with the readiness lab, the really big thing that happened in the readiness lab this year, if you've been following either of our podcasts or maybe that you're no, newer is we said, Hey, the readiness lab has been like pushing on that marketing approach or pushing for emergency services, collaboration, pu pushing for the tip of the spear stuff. And so we decided to make it official. We moved the readiness lab over from just a podcast network to becoming a marketing organization. We started uh, creating uh, content for different uh, organizations, uh, teaching them how to do a better outreach. Like Zach's calling out just a, a second ago. Uh, one of the big things is providing SME support on just like, hey, if you're going to have a product for the uh, for your industry, let's make sure it actually makes sense for the end user. There's so yeah. many companies out there, and I know they're trying. I know they see a need, but like when we meet with them, we're typically surprised. Uh, that they don't have in-house resources for that. And it kind of makes sense. Like, do you really need a full-time person for that? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, they see a need. We can speak the language. And all of a sudden, the product goes exponentially, you know, uh, greater in, in terms of use. Uh, but I'm going to do the first call out. I bet Zach's going to call him out too. But Pete Gaynor, Pete Gaynor has been so gracious um, former head of FEMA, former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, and volunteering his time to come out to our dynamic populations course to both view it, to provide guidance and, and mentorship a little bit. But he uh, was uh, providing a small portion of a course that he was developing called uh, Leading During Crisis. And uh, it was very exciting for him and for us to see that him saying, hey, I, I've been developing this course. I'm going to make it an official thing. This year, in concert with the Readiness Lab, if you are an TRL insider, you get a discount to it. But huge he discount. That, huge discount, right? And and yet, like this is probably the best leadership course you'll ever get in your entire life. One, it's like all about storytelling. It's from his own perspectives. But the guy, we're talking about people who've done the job. Head of FEMA, head of DHS. Yeah, that guy's done the job. During COVID. Yeah, I mean, like it's... and. Multiple political parties. Yeah. You know, and so like the also the guy, prankster. Also prankster. <laughs> yeah. That so, was hilarious, by the uh, way. it was my birthday. I turned 40. Yes, I'm having existential dread. Uh yeah. I feel like time is fleeting. Um, but my wife threw me a surprise trip to Boston. And because of that, I needed uh Monday off from work. So John and my wife were like collaborating on how do we get because I'm uh the type of person that just I'll fill my day, day with meetings. People ask me, I'm gonna do everything I can to hang out and chat with you if you need to, and we'll figure mm -hmm. stuff out. So they had to fill my calendar so I wouldn't fill it with stuff. And I get a call from John last week saying, Hey, just so you know, Pete's not happy. <laughs> and Pete, I, I really like didn't say he wasn't happy. I that's said true. he was you were, concerned. <laughs> you, yes, concerned. Some sort of vague thing. And I really, really, really like Pete is like a, a mentor to me. I respect him so much. And the fact that I have any contact with him is just like still mind blowing to me. But yeah. to hear that I'm not doing so, I'm not meeting Pete's uh, level of expectation is like, oh, my God. So I'm like all week freaking out about this. <laughs> 
I'm like, how can I get a I get an I get an email from Pete on Friday with a block of time on Monday, like two hours long or something. Or no, it said to be determined. Yeah, uh, what it was. So I didn't even know when it was because he was traveling, is what he said or something. So I'm like sweating bullets, like, oh my god, I'm gonna like, I, what did we do? And it turns out uh, he was in on the prank uh, and uh, basically set up this whole thing to make me sweat bullets. To have a cabinet level member of the government, uh, you know, being a part of uh, pranking you is pretty awesome. But that just goes to show like Pete's awesome. Love the guy. He's been so good to us. Like I just cannot say enough good things about him. And again, yeah, he's just this giant brain of emergency management and, you know, government operations, leadership, all this stuff. So that's very cool. It's hard for me to uh, put people on a pedestal. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of high-level people and a lot of mid-level people who think they're high-level. And it's like, at the end of the day, they're, yeah, uh, me included, uh, they, they're they just people. And yeah. uh, what really stands out about Pete, uh, more than any... Uh, I've, I've interviewed multiple FEMA administrators on the podcast, and they have good ideas, and they have good experiences, sure. I don't want to discredit them. Uh, however, Pete is humble. Pete didn't go into FEMA expecting to be the administrator. He went in there and then all of a sudden he had the job. And then all of a sudden he was at DHS. And um, man, in terms of like the attitude, if you want to like figure out how to uh, like be the absolute best person, like on and off the field kind of thing, Pete is probably the best example of that. He is somebody that I truly look up to. I truly see as a mentor. And, um, I, I agree with you. Like the first time Pete randomly FaceTimed me, I was like, is Pete Gaynor FaceTime? Like I thought <laughs> like I thought it was a mistake. Like I didn't like realize like, but he is so humble. He doesn't even care. If you're he hangs, crowd, he likes to hang. He likes to like after he does yeah. presentation, like he'll he'll set he sat in the uh hotel lobby uh and just talked to students, like our students from the class about yeah. anything. Like he's a, he's just a guy that likes to like talk with people yeah and he knows everyone uh he's got a great reputation you know um, the trick is it, it, funny enough uh it's also not a call to like think you can walk over him though he is a killer and he can smell very quickly like oh yeah the BS. yeah he, he can pick yeah the bs he, meter is bar none on him he, he picks that up very fast yeah the trick is with somebody like pete or somebody like in senior leadership this is kind of a random tip for the uh, the podcast is be genuine don't be a yeah. fanboy don't be like trying to get something out of people the reason why i look up to pete and i, I don't, i'm okay saying that is because uh if i talk to him I, he knows i'm genuine like I, I like hey i'm trying to get your advice on something i'm not trying to like you know use him like don't use yeah. anybody just be genuinely cool with people and you'll be surprised how often people are genuinely cool back a hundred percent that is like a life lesson here it's so important yeah. don't exploit you know if you have a connection like pete or anyone like that if you're you know it's reciprocal too right like you know yeah. uh, pete pete's like you know i'm not i don't do a lot of the stuff you guys do i'd love your advice on how to make this stuff happen and i'll yeah. i'll you know work with you you know like that's the thing about like growing these relationships, especially in emergency management. It's a small field. Like you don't know, you might be hanging out with uh, Pete Gaynor. Uh, you know, it, yeah. maybe the future Pete Gaynor is, is working next to you right now. Like, you know, working with people, being genuine, uh, not exploiting them. Uh, that stuff, man, it pays dividends your entire life. Like just yeah. being a good person. I mean, I don't know why we'd have to tell you to do that, but 
Honestly, so it's, important. It, it's it's a reminder, um, you know, and I can I can sympathize with people who have made stupid decisions. Sure. Uh, a, a, to, I, to a degree. I do uh, that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people get short sighted and uh, having the long view is very important. Yeah. Treating people with uh, respect is very important. If somebody disrespects you, uh, there could be multiple reasons for that. One, they might not know it. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. Zach and I have both seen it up close where people are malicious or try to exploit it. And the easiest thing to do is treat it like it's a distraction and just walk away from it. And if somebody recognizes it, then great. Fantastic. But uh, that doesn't mean that you need to get people to walk over you yeah. either. Um, and, and so anyways, we can talk about Pete forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there's other really cool things. Uh, one of the really special things for me this year and uh, Joe Hernandez was willing to come on the podcast to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it because he's a close friend of mine. He lost his home in a hurricane. Hey, we just want to do a quick pause X to thank our sponsors, L3 Harris, Proper, Paladin by Acela, Impulse, Doberman Emergency Management, and especially all of you who have been donating to our podcast. Thank you for helping us boost the signal. All right, let's jump back in. And when he lost his home, he also lost a trailer with a ton of uh, supplies for his uh, company and uh, that was a big deal. And so um, I told L3 Harris as a small company, I can't replace a trailer with a bunch of medical supplies. Um, can you help us out here? And um, last May, sir, I guess May of 2023, uh, Joe Hernandez came to St. Charles uh, County here in St. Louis to do a training. And we surprised him with a huge uh, enclosed trailer a lot of other friends like Walt and those other guys had donated supplies. Everybody's trying to help him out and uh, was able to help him keep operating. The guy has sacrificed so much for everybody else. And um, it was a cool thing for us to go together. And honestly, huge shout out to L3 Harris. As soon as I told him, they said, yeah, absolutely. We're going to yeah. do it. Like without hesitation. They didn't take any glory from it. They didn't make any promotional content. We could have and we probably should have, to be honest. But um, you know, the re reality is like they just wanted to help him because they knew he was a good guy, too. And so if you're talking about Duran, do good things in the world. A uh, big shout out to L3 Harris for helping out Joe in that trailer. So Yeah, that's a critical resource. I mean, they're one of the only uh, organizations that teach the uh, USAR medical course, uh, med spec course. So really, really important to have that. And, you know, it's just it goes to show like none of us are immune to uh, disaster. Mm -hmm. So uh, and he's a resilient you know, dude, it, the, he's been through a lot. He's been to every disaster. So to see him suffering, I think was really hard for everyone that knows him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was like a no question, like we gotta, we gotta help him out. And um, yeah, it was really cool that all three Harris did that. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, uh, you're talking like, ooh, I was trying to think in my head of this joke of like my top 40 <laughs> over 40. Yeah. Uh, you're there obviously now. <laughs> Pete Gaynor, Steve Johnson, uh, Joe Hernandez, uh, you just did the four of the, you know, 10% of my top 40 over 40. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly was like struggling to figure out like, is, is there actually 40 people that I actually truly respect over 40 in this field? No, but we're, there's, we're all, oh, cause we're, I thought you were, cause we all dropped dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're too young. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So L3 Harris, that was a big one. Yeah. Also big shout out to L3 Harris, uh, not just for them, but everybody knows they're a big sponsor of disaster tough podcast or becoming a network wide sponsor next year. Every single event that I've either participated in or I've asked for them to support with radios or otherwise, 
they always show up. Yeah. Um, they are very, they're also a company that's funny enough. They're a huge company, massive, like big DOD, top 10 DOD contractor. And we are very small, like comparatively, right? Like we don't have the 50,000 employees, that kind of stuff. And yet we say, hey, we could release some radios for our training. We want to enhance our experience. They always do it. Yeah. And um, that's like, those, those are the organizations we want to work out with. Sometimes private sector gets like such a, a bad rap. And quite frankly, there are some pretty terrible private EM <laughs> of course, companies out there's there. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. yeah. However, uh, it's pretty cool to see a company as big as L3 Harris be, um, be that, again, that personable. We know VPs at L3 Harris. And yet, same thing with um, Pete Gaynor, like Todd, one of the VPs there, uh, strategy, very approachable, very yeah. cool. Like, you just it treat them like a like person. It feels like a small company. Like the, I know yeah. there is there a division <laughs> of a, a huge organization. Like the, the, we work specifically with their radio division and stuff, but like you can just reach out to them. They're super responsive. They're yeah. also like genuinely like really, really believe in their product. And yeah. that gets like me excited and makes me believe in their product. Um, yeah. And I actually use it. I use their radios all the time for my emergency management stuff. I do a lot of volunteer stuff on the side and, uh, but yeah, wow. they're awesome. They're so cool. They are, uh, and again, this is not blowing smoke. Like legitimately, everyone that we've worked with there has been super nice. They're they're really passionate about their you yeah. know what they're doing, and they truly want to improve communications for the people who rely on them. So yeah, yeah, it's really again, Pete Gaynor, like having him in our circle, like having L three Harris as a sponsor is just like again, sort of mind blowing. <laughs> Because yeah. of the fact that like they're this huge organization and they they believe in what we're doing, which I think is just so rad. Big companies like that, it's fun uh, to see them wanting to be the tip of the spear. Yeah, uh, you know, there's sometimes organizations, and this can happen on the public side too. So no, you're not immune if you're listening to this. We know that people get complacent and they just want to do like the nine to five stuff. They have the thing, their job is safe. But when you have like the guy who literally designed the fire radio on shout a out fire to Don. truck. Yeah. Big shout out to Don or you have the other. So that like radio is like really that, that 400 P X uh, XL, whatever is the radio for fire. But even their 200s who don't need all the fire stuff, the 200 radio is perfect. I mean, I have two of them in my office. I think you have one of them. Um, they're cool. We actually use them. We want to use them. And if you're in law enforcement, <laughs> Zach's showing all the radios. Yeah, uh, it's like we like their stuff. Like they're good stuff. And um, again, radio geek. So. Whether we're talking to the VPs or the directors of you know marketing, whoever. Biggest shout out to Sarah Staple and Jackie. Um, that yeah. these incredible people are approachable if you're again genuine, all that stuff. But um, you know, it also. Yeah, I would say like the testament to what we're trying to do here. I've worked very hard to hire people like Zach, uh, like Cy, like Vanessa, um, even our instructors who come out and support the Walt Lewis's of the world, Steve Johnson's of the world, Prescott Natto, like all these like really amazing people. Gosh, I could go on. There's like so many more people that we work with. Um, I, I was actually trying to articulate to Maxine the other day, and this is kind of off topic, but we talk about those three things all the time in the company about high moral code, intelligence and ambition. Um, but the reality is like the Pete Gaynor uh, thing, the Zach Borst thing is being a servant. Like that humility, that like servant leader approach is uh, so attractive as an organization. 
if you just like want to get in and do things right and you're just humble, like you want to help people out for the right reason. It's so easy to like want to be around those people. And it's so easy not to want to be around the people who are selfish. <laughs> it's also you know? probably why we're not billionaires at this point is because <laughs> it's very we're like oh we you need this done we're like well, should we do a contract or should we just like help them out because like we don't want them to suffer anymore like we want to yeah. help them get over this i think all of us coming from a, a a and again like all these folks coming from like a mindset of like just make things better like nothing else matters right yeah. sure we're a private company. We got to make money. We got to keep the lights on. We want to make money to be happy, you know, be able to buy the stuff we want and, you know, have house yeah. and everything. But like at the end of the day, like any of us could do that anywhere. Our, we want to be with people who like believe in the mission and, you know, work with other companies that believe in the mission. So, and I think you're probably going to give some more shout outs to uh, other companies that believe yeah. in the mission. Uh, this is, Cause this it's 40 should... minutes. We're already at 40 minutes. We, uh, we we're cannot gonna... shut up. We're, we're going <laughs> to, well, we got to do the shout outs because uh, it's gratitude. Like yeah. if, if somebody's listening to this podcast, and you think what Zach and I are talking about is like kind of important. Like the reality is like people are like, oh, like you have sponsors. Do you, are you loyal to the sponsor? I'm 100% loyal to these sponsors. We choose sponsors. We choose people that we want to endorse. And we're so grateful that they're willing to believe in what we're doing. We're podcasters. We're trying to do cool training. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we want to be involved. When you have another like top 10 DOD contractor, proper apparel, who's been making like all the out outfits for or the uniforms for military for like 60 years, say, hey, we want to get into like the outdoor space or the public safety space. And we want to work with the readiness lab to do that marketing. You're like, that is a that is a putting a lot of trust in us as a company. They're a massive company. And yet when they want to go into new spaces and when they want to be cutting edge, if they choose us. I'm going to be very loyal to somebody who believes in me and I want to help them out too. Like proper is Craig and Haley, Craig and Haley from proper. Yeah. yeah. Um, they take a lot. Of, it was funny enough when we met with them, we're like, Hey, tell us about your organization and what you're trying to do with your brand. And they couldn't stop talking about the details, the stitching, the materials they use. Take it like, they're like, we see ourselves as in, uh, engineers. Like they don't even see themselves as like the DOD contractor. They don't see they see themselves as like taking a lot of pride in like their materials details. Yeah. Yeah. Like the details matter. I know it's like, like a cobbler or something, right? Like it's like some, like, you know, you yeah. think that they're making like this artisanal, you know, bespoke product and you're like, yeah. well, you're actually making millions of uniforms, like, and all this yeah. stuff. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And it's, it was also really cool. Cause like, again, coming from uh, first response and military background, when we first started talking with them, you know, I was like, I I've used your stuff. Like, you don't need to sell me on it. Like I've yeah. worn it into emergencies. I've worn it in my military life. Like I'm sold. So uh, it was funny enough, like of all the things that they have, uh, the two things I'm most excited about, funny enough, is this bag that's behind me. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, there is, by the time you're listening, I think it's going to be active. We're giving about five of these bailout bags away. It's like my new favorite bag. Um, but the other thing is, um, the the belt like, i all this love clothes, the ratcheting awesome. belt is the ratcheting belt i wear it with everything i like you know it's, in, so it's like the belt really it's like yeah it's, the belt <laughs> it lays super flat it's uh, like rugged enough that like if you need to hang crap off of it you can yeah. i the clicking there's a there is a sensory thing that's kind of nice 
Uh, I love that belt. It's so funny because like uh, Prescott, uh, we all got some stuff when we started working with them, and I wear that thing all of the time. Yeah, it's my it is my go to belt. That is not uh, a marketing BS. This is I, they have like really nice, expensive like jackets and polos and pants and all that stuff. All great stuff. Yes. And I'm like, oh, the belt, the fifty dollars belt. Is belt. So <laughs> awesome. I love that belt so much. Yeah, cool. I think they could probably survive on the belt alone. Uh, yeah. It's the ratcheting belt. So if you're looking for it, I am not joking. It is my favorite belt. Uh, it's it's black, so it doesn't go with all of my stuff. If uh, I need to get some more colors, so I can wear it with other things, because my wife's yeah. like, you cannot wear a black belt with you know uh, your blue brown, jeans and yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, brown pants. Well, no, brown you can brown you can. Uh, but yeah, it's blue, black and blue. Like especially jeans doesn't really match. But anyways, yeah. Uh, the I, I wear it all the time. It is absolutely solid. There's also this huge, like really nice two, uh, like a webbing belt that is, oh, that clips, uh, that clips in. Yeah, that is cool. just like cool. Like that just looks like some sort of like, I'm I about to go my, fight uh, an alien type. Of yeah, belt. I call my, um, uh, uh, so because uh, proper is like 15 minutes down the road, I actually yeah. have like a lot of their belts. So <laughs> I got the brown, the black, the green, whatever. Um, but I, at my home, when I put on that belt, I, I I said this thing to myself, and I didn't realize my wife was behind me. It clicked, and I said, it, "I am Batman." <laughs> it, it actually looks like a yeah, it looks like a superhero belt. It's, it's serious, so like, cool. I think I, I think I have. I would get off the yeah. screen real fast and show you, but uh, I, I I literally called myself Batman as a joke, and uh, yeah, I make jokes to myself. I'm that guy. But uh, <laughs> my wife, like now, every time I wear that uh, belt, she calls me Batman. It's it just it cool. is fun. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um. Okay, so we got proper, and then uh, I think our newest uh, sponsor, literally just came on board, um, is Acela. Um, they do. We're, we're going to be specifically focusing on Paladin. Paladin is awesome, but they actually have several products. Um, Paladin, funny enough, you're like, why? People are probably listening to the podcast and are like, okay, I'm hearing you're talking about these mobile morgue solutions, really, as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, absolutely. Like if guess what people do, die, especially in disasters. Yeah, if you're in an emergency response, a Type One incident, uh, yeah, your morgue gets filled up. Guess what? Uh, it doesn't need to be a Type One catastrophic disaster like Hurricane Wildfire. It can be Pulse nightclub. Yeah, right? it could be like, a fl a flu season. You have a a bad flu season. Yeah, there's a number. I mean, there's tons in New York of City, yeah. right? Like they they the VA contacted them. I shared that on another episode on my podcast. Like they're doing something really innovative stuff. And again, it for the field, but the lesson learned here, um, like something like Paladin, where they're like, okay, mobile morgue solutions, these trailers need to become better in all kinds of ways, like more better refrigerated, um, safer, more sanitary, dignified, yeah, sanitary, more dignified, all that yeah. stuff. And yet, when people are like, really, morgues, like, yeah, like all this stuff matters. Whatever your thing is in the field, whether it's something like mass casualty incidents and looking at that holistic approach of like all the different items that you need paladin great but if you're also looking at the, the planning process we're going to talk about this for like the last maybe 10 minutes but basically our company went into clients and they had us do hvas and eops and honestly we just hate how they've been done in the past because we know that they can do, be better like 
Well, because they don't get used, right? The, yeah. the vast majority of them are printed. You set it on the counter and, and you could yeah. even compare this to like a seller in the mobile morgues. Like, you know, they're like, well, how do you, you, you know, like they buy these junky things that rot sure. away versus like buying, you know, a product that is uh, purpose built, you know, is advanced in technology. And suddenly you're like, I mean, I don't think you'd ever be like, man, I really want to use this, but like, if yeah. it's going to happen, I want to, you know, if, if I'm going to die, I want to be in the Paladin cube. All right. I want to be yeah. putting their little mobile thing uh, so that I, I'm not, because I just remember in New York City and some of the other big cities, when they ran out of space, they started essentially stacking bodies in like a converted Coca-Cola trucks, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like, they, it was this desperation thing, like, oh my God, we don't have enough capacity. And I remember just thinking like, Man, like you, you live your entire life, you know, maybe you achieved all these great things, everyone knew and loved you. And then you're like in a dark, dank trailer that wasn't built for this and you're just left there versus like having the dignity and like care. And the other thing is like thinking about our last responders as emergency managers, you need to really make sure you have a relationship with your coroners, your medical examiners, yeah, uh, you know, the all of those uh, folks that show up when things go really, really bad and you know get them the equipment they need i think that is a organ that is a group that is ignored way too often because it do we don't like talking about it it's scary yeah. it's it's sad uh but it happens so we need to be prepared for it and anyone who's been through a mass fatality incident um knows like the last thing you want to do is wing it so anyways yeah mm. Acela is awesome uh, Paladin is their sub company that does the stuff. And then Acela has cool trucks too. That was the other thing. Yeah, you got to go play with one of the trucks down in, um, uh, it's a LMTV. It's a LMTV. Yes. Uh, light, cool. light mobility, no light, medium tactical vehicle. Uh, they also have Casper, um, Casper. Yep. Which is, like oh yes. Up people. I mean, Casper goes on the back of the LMTV. So if you have, if you're a national guard unit or whatever, trying to get up into the LMTV, they have these little crappy ladders that are basically attached to the side of the truck. And it's really hard to get up. It's actually pretty dangerous. I, I remember there was some statistic. We, we have to go through like OSHA training in the military mm -hmm. as well. And slip and fall injuries, of course, are the biggest thing, but a lot of injuries are getting on and off of these trucks. And Casper is this thing that locks into the back of it. And it's a stairwell. And you can use it uh, for getting victims on and off. So like, you know, if you're using it for high water or another sort of rescue vehicle, you can get people up and down it really easily, which anyone who's tried to lift someone up into an LMTV, I mean, they're, they're high, like the truck bed is, you know, at your eye level. So you're, you're, it's dangerous. So this makes yeah. it easier to get people on and off of it. And as someone who like our USAR team, you know, has used LMTVs cause they're, they're pop there. There's a lot of surplus ones. So a lot of departments got them through military exchange stuff. Uh, these are way nicer, uh, yeah. and they're built for this, which is way better. Plus, they pick only the one that has like a—I think it's the uh, Detroit engine or Caterpillar. I can't remember. They—they they have a specific engine. They were like, "We're only going to use this one because it's more powerful, it's more fuel efficient, and reliable." But anyways, My we have all these trucks. Getting on and off of them is super dangerous. Yeah. They're like, "Why are we doing this? Let's just build something." So now they've got this really cool system. It's such—it's like one of those things that like this is what I love about these types of companies. They're like. What is a problem that like everyone's having? Like, just solve it, like figure it out. And instead of being like, well, I don't know, like, I guess it's just the way the truck is built. They're not happy with that. They came up with this really cool design and it's now they have it, so. And you can just attach it to an existing one. Like that's yes. what's cool. Yeah, so like, if you already have it, yeah. You, you don't need to buy a new thing. truck or anything. What's cool about it, like why it's kind of hits ho close to home for me, not only seeing and uh, like 
mass flooding events and trying to pick people up and you have all those images and you have all those stories about like those problems of trying to get people out of the muck. Uh, what we call my dad, the Italian pirate in my home, because uh, <laughs> two years ago uh, he lost his leg. He's diabetic. He, he has one leg um, now and he's learned to walk on stairs again. He's uh, but he has health issues. And I think about my parents, if they're going to be try to pick, be picked up, well, he doesn't need the entire, you know, lift gate. If there is some like stairs that he can just hold on to on either side yeah. with railings and get up into this thing or or my mom, who's also elderly, like all those things you don't it doesn't need to be like, OK, it's only for wheelchair accessible. Like, no, like people are have all kinds of medical things going yeah. on. They're ne- like I had knee surgery. Like it'd be nice to like not feel like you're going to fall off the ladder. Um, especially when you're exhausted from a disaster and you just walk up this like staircase onto a thing and be safe. And like, okay, now it's like, again, just like, it's like dignified approach, but whatever it is, it's like even Sam medical, Sam is Sam medical is not a sponsors of our bars, but just another company. I wanted to big shout out Genesis. I had the CEO on here. I've had other companies come onto the podcast. You've had uh, companies come onto your podcast. Like whether they're sponsors or not, yeah. we're loyal to tablet ideas. Flood map, perfect. Uh, oh god, I got so. You're many. gonna go through all of them. If you don't forget, if, that's the dangerous. If you I, don't know, bring up I, know, I know, I know, I know. We're like, just talking the reality before this. <laughs> is like if you're in public safety or you're a private yeah. organization, it doesn't matter. We want to attach to great ideas from other organizations who are doing it right. One of the like special things for us this last year. Um, and I kind of hinted at this a second ago. We're going to try to keep this under an hour. So if we, I know we got to, we, let's go. Um, and I want to talk about impulse in a second, but, uh, and I also want to talk about die pop. Die pop was so much fun in the Cardinal stadium. There's some really cool people who came and shout out to Kristen caps Jones with uh, St. Louis area response system for helping us really organize here. But, uh, from the Doberman side, the HVA process in, in particular, people are used to getting a static paper super boring thing that nobody uses and yeah, check we, a box who cares yeah we went to our clients and said we want your hva to also be uh, used as a essentially a situation uh board i gave a podcast about that a year ago about how to do that right and so you can look at that podcast from basically a year ago but essentially we wanted to make everything as live as humanly possible the only static part in that whole thing that we provide people is our recommendations, which has to be static because you have to write that out and our justifications. <laughs> like where do we get all the data and our recommendations, everything else you can actually look at a map viewer. You can look at the analysis. You can go into the data and like deep dive. And so if you're like trying to figure out like, why can't my senior leadership who is not EM at my university or my national laboratory, like why won't they give me this funding? All of a sudden, you show them all the data from the FBI, data, from DHS, visualization, like, yeah, marketing. Who knew that you had to market even within your organization? It is actually really fun to use too. It's kind of fun to flip through and just like see what's happening and yeah. see where things are at. And you can have your buildings in there. It's all uh, GIS based, so yeah, it's just a fun way. I mean, like just you know, as an emergency manager, who's got to read these things. Like, I would much rather play around with that. Yeah, and quite frankly, like, oh, we're going to do a tabletop exercise of a plume going to our university. Yeah, put the plume in it. <laughs> yeah, put the plume in it. And also, we have wind direction in there. Yeah. And we have speed. And yeah. 
you have all this other stuff and recommendations of like what to do with HVAC systems. So it's like already like so many things check in the box. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory and uh, for the University of California, Irvine, for allowing us to say we don't want to do what everybody else is doing. We want to go above and beyond and them having an appetite for that. And like, yeah, yeah we want that, too. And I think that's going to catch on uh, Timber Stadium. The, or sorry, the Providence Park Stadium, professional MLS stadium in Portland, who Portland's also uh, uh, a contract with us or a subcontract with iParametrics. Big shout that's out right. to them and Jeff, yep. who's also a prankster, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> like all these people who are allowing us to push the needle, we couldn't push the needle unless we had buy in from other people. And the appetite is there. And so if you're in an area where you feel like there's not a lot of buy-in, guess what? It's coming to you. Well, like a lot of this stuff is happening. If you advocate for it and you show like the visualization piece and you show like what it can do for them, I think you might be surprised of how many people are s- switched from not being excited. Easiest story about that, by the way, um, is my team lead hating drones, thinking, quote, they're a toy, and then bringing it out to an exercise he was the one who played with it the most yeah. and was like, oh, I'm all in, right? Like they just yeah. need to like get hands-on sometimes. The other thing is like, if you have an idea, like sometimes people have an idea and they don't know how to execute on it. We've sort of been like put in this position where like sometimes we get to execute on stuff in ways that like as a public sector, you might not be able to, right? Cause mm-hmm. there's risk involved. We have been really fortunate to like take things and then run with it, you know, working with people to come up with ideas. So, uh, you know, UCI wanted to do a physical security thing, but they also wanted to like have the data in a way they could use it for other stuff. They're like, what do we, how do we do this? Like, we, yeah. we want to do this. And we're like, all right, let's figure it out. So we came up with this like app and uh, this process that was all driven through data. And there's pictures, there's GIS data points. We gave them a ton of data. They can use it for everything now. So instead of yeah. just a physical security assessment, that is a static thing again. They now have a data set that, yes, gave a ton of physical security information. Of course, we did our, our standard report uh, that ha- also happens to look amazing because of marketing. Uh, and yeah. we gave them a whole bunch of data. Uh, Marshall County Schools in Alabama, same Another thing. Like they, they wanted to like do all these like things you know, as a school. And they're like, we don't have the bandwidth or capacity to do it, but we want to do something different. We want to lead. We need your help. And that's what we did. We came in and basically like took all this stuff that they were doing and made it into a cohesive process. And they're like, rad, love it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then like, sometimes we come up with our own ideas, like impulse, uh, impulse. MCI kits. Oh yeah, that's good. With Sam uh, medical equipment, cause Sam makes awesome tourniquets. I would say the best tourniquets. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we get into that real fast, yeah, you, you just called it out, right? Like um, just for like everybody's situational awareness, it, we didn't just like burn the bridge down we looked at the foundations and said, how do we make this stronger? So yes, you need to have the report. Yes, you need to look like a F- FPA 1660 standards or whatever it is for whatever product you are. Reunification plan, big shout out to I Love You Guys Foundation, like all that stuff. You don't have to blow up the ship. You can just look at the ship and say, how do we make this much, much better? Right? You have a plane and the plane still needs to have those principles of how to fly, but let's add a jet to the back. Right. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about ruining already the good stuff that people have already created. And we don't think you should completely blow up the ship. What right. We, that's what, what we're saying. Innovation is, versus yeah, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, disruptions. Impulse is a perfect example of that. Impulse. Uh, you, can, you can check it out if you go to DobermanEMG.com forward slash impulse. 
we essentially, and it's funny enough, we did reinvent the wheel. We didn't want to blow it up. We know that people need uh, first aid. We know that people need bleeding control. The stuff that is in literally everybody else's bag is junk. We are so tired of that, right? And like, we're like, why is this stuff junk? We know what professional grade looks like. And a uh, big shout out to two incredible people, Joe Delamura and Jake Shores, who uh, both have a EMT background, a paramedic background, technically. And Zach included has a, a medical background. Ashley Laura Golden has a medical background. I've seen, unfortunately, this stuff up and close has a non-medical background. How do we make this stuff better? How do we innovate it? And so w- after uh, a temporary, like, can we work with other people? We're like, screw it. We're just going to do it ourselves because we want to do it right. And so we contact like the Sam Medicals of the world. We're like, how do we actually make like professional grade equipment for first responders all the way through the teacher who might be using it? And you know what the secret is? It's hilarious. The right equipment and training. Who knew that if you have a product for medical, you should probably teach people how to use it. And uh, now our bags are going to be in sheriff's departments. Pasco, Sheriff, Pasco County Sheriff's Department asked for MCI kits. We have bags all over the country. We have bags in schools. We have bags in uh, professional stadiums now. And so it's like, hey, people are wanting to innovate in this space. Is it rocket science? Probably not. If you think you can replicate it, probably not. Because, you know, it takes a whole lot of grit. And no, it's almost the opposite. We kind of simplified stuff. Like the the sling yeah. bag, I think, is it seems silly. But, like, there is, like, this in-between of, like, uh, the individual first aid kit and then an MCI kit. And yeah. often, as you're working around a stadium and stuff, you either have not enough or you have too much. Yeah. And so and so for all of us who've done scene standby or uh you know like event standbys, you don't want to walk around with your jump kit. Like that's too much. You're going to be yeah. you're going to be sore at the end of the night. You're going to be tired and when you need something it's not uh, having a giant thing like that. Yeah, you're 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 kind of it just doesn't make any sense. So we're like, "Well, how do we fix that?" And Jake came up with the the overall design and then we just basically tapped into all of our network and we're like, "Who can help us make this thing awesome?" Yeah. And um uh, I think that's where Joe and Sam Medical and those those folks all came in. It's amazing when you actually go to paramedics and say, what would you put in this? And they start taking things out and putting a couple things in. And uh, we put the list online. Like technically people could probably do it themselves. But, you know, we also provide that training and we, we provide the drills and we provide like the education piece around it. Like um, while people can replicate or try to replicate, it's funny enough. We keep on telling people how we're doing it. And they keep trying to do it like us and they can't. And it's not so much that like, uh, you know, like they, they shouldn't, we welcome it. Um, but the thing is, if you want to do things right, whatever it is, like you have to do everything right. You don't get to pick and choose. It's not a buffet of doing it right and wrong. It's if you do everything right. And that's the secret. You can probably do what we're doing, but it just takes a whole lot of, grit to get that done and we will keep telling you how we're doing it and we also want to hear how you're doing it like don't do the buffet thing show us how you're doing it right and uh, take it from there i think we've basically called out everybody i'm going to do one last shout out again for marshall county school district um with our guy there like um just like so incredible the work that's being done 
to and, and honestly the superintendent too like all these yeah. people that are that we're working with well martin was doing um, it on his own and he it wasn't even yeah. his job like he was just doing it because he's like i recognize we're a school like that school their district had gotten hit by a tornado like they had a school that got destroyed yeah and they're everyone wanted to do better and it was yeah it was amazing it was very inspiring to me i came back home and then signed up with my school district to volunteer and start helping them out because i was like the schools are struggling <laughs> yeah they are and, and i'm now i'm volunteering with my kids school too yeah you inspired me zach i went to my school my kids school and said show me everything you have and they were yeah. very nice and they actually were doing a lot of different things so shout out to them for that but yeah between uh martin and cindy and gosh there's a couple other people down there but it was really martin who was like uh i'm gonna lead the the charge here and he just started doing it the guy was a teacher i mean yeah he has a first responder background but as a teacher saying i'm gonna ta tackle this now he's the the head of emergency management for the school district and good for cindy the superintendent for allowing him to do that because he was genuine servant leader wanting to be innovative just started doing it and understood his audience like he does great marketing with his own group and really those are all the takeaways for what we're trying to do yeah and the other real last point uh is you know if you're a leader and you have someone like martin um i think a lot of people are like intimidated by someone who's trying to like change a lot of things at once mm. get out of their way figure out like how do you remove the roadblocks because this person's trying to do something great and i think yeah. that's an innovative mindset that's really difficult for a lot of organizations they think well how does this profit us like where does this make us sometimes it doesn't but the process you learn so much through this process like john and i like this is a small company we have fallen on our face numerous times trying stuff like it is the nature of the beast right but that's like yeah. part of innovating is like why did we trip and fall here what was it that set us off and you know like we go down sometimes we it, john has this chart of all the stuff we do and all the resources we're doing it with and i would challenge anyone to be able to do all of this stuff with the few resources we're doing it with mm. um but the reason is is because we're sometimes like man there's something here we we maybe aren't going to achieve it this year but we're chipping away at it because there's something there and it has worked out so well and it's like we being surrounded by that same mindset like all these companies we work with it inspires us it makes us want to be more innovative it makes them want to be more innovative uh, i've started like joining uh networking groups in my state uh that you know are all tech hubs and stuff mm. because i'm like this is it like this is like you got to have this mindset you got to be around people that like want to help you and elevate you right the rising tide lifts all ships mm. and so that's what we're trying to be and i think it's uh 2023 was just like it was an it was an awesome year and uh i'm really excited for 2024 i can't wait to see what what's coming there's a lot of cool stuff already january is booked <laughs> february yeah, is booked I actually yesterday I did a thing where I'm I, I have events every single month that I'm basically traveling through through November of next year already. Yeah, it's going to be a busy year. This year, as a company, we're this is maybe for another podcast. Uh, it was a whole lot of falling down on the face. Uh, me praying sometimes on the ground. Um, <laughs> exhaustion, like all the things that we're talking about, like it sounds really exciting and it is it doesn't come without blood sweat and tears there has been sleepless nights there has been sleepless months for me um some people uh basically ripped my heart out like i was really hopeful that they were the, the good people and 
They turned out to be very short-sighted in some of their approaches. And Zach knows more than anybody. It kills me inside uh, when when we see people take the short-sighted approach. And yet, at the same time, um, surrounded by people who recognize that and trying to recognize that we're trying to get things. I, you know, we talk about like pick yourself back up. You know, a man takes things on his feet. You know, we say these like outdated phrases. You know what the the best phrase is? Is many hands make light make work light. And when I get exhausted and when I get beat up, Zach is there to like outreach hand and vice versa. I try to help him out. Sometimes I intentionally try to get him ex- exhausted through pranks of for his 40th birthday and freak him out. Um, and yet, you know, we have other people in our world too, whether it's contractors or friends, we have a great network of organizations and people in our lives who believe in the mission. It has not come easy. It takes it has taken four years for me personally to try to find the right core group of people who want to get us there. And I'm so excited for 2024 because I feel like we finally have that core team who will constantly support us as we're, we continue to, um, you know, build this ship. But I'm excited. I, I'm excited. I hate country it. music, but in the infamous worlds of Jelly Roll, there's a reason the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror. <laughs> I love that. I like Charge it. forward. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the other day, and that's actually really stuck with me, by the way. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to these, this podcast, whether on EM Weekly or on Disaster Tough podcast, you're, 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 there's takeaways from you. The lessons learned that we're sharing, that hype that we're talking about working with cool groups. Yes, of course, we're super loyal to the people that we endorse, like L3 Harris, Acela, Proper, all this other stuff. But it's because we, we found good things. We hope that you're finding good things. We hope that you kind of learn from our own lessons. And we hope to see you at those events. We hope to see you at the future national urban search and rescue conference. We hope to see you in January, at the Florida hazmat symposium. We hope to see you at, you know, the military exercises or wherever we go at, um, because we're trying to be innovative. And if you're innovative, we want to see you there with us and, and join to that crowd. This is not exclusive. This is the most inclusive thing we can possibly come up with. We want everybody to, to jump on board and, um, you know, we'll take it from there. Zach, final thoughts for 2023. Uh, just, you know, I turned 40. So just I'm, I'm, I'm now at an age where I, I just don't, I don't stress over the stuff in the past. Like I'm, I'm really optimistic for the things in the future. Like I'm just, I'm trudging forward. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's uh, something our company has done really well is just, we're moving through it. Grit and tenacity, at, you know, and being a good person. The Tenacious Podcast of 2023. That's right. All right. If you like these podcasts, got to give us that five-star rating and subscribe. If you've been doing innovative stuff, make sure you go onto social media. You can do either of our podcasts, but we've been really pushing the readiness lab. Hint, check out our Instagram channels. Check out the giveaways that we've been doing. Really fun stuff. So make sure you subscribe, like, follow the whole deal there. And we'll see you in 2024. Peace.